Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. <laughs> but, you know, I wish we had a camera set up right now. No, I Eventually, glad. one of these days, we are going to have a camera set up. You guys will be able to watch these on YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever. But, man, uh, just sometimes the things that happen... Uh, when the mics aren't on, but the music's starting to roll, are just kind of humorous. Mm. So, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? It's a beautiful morning. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple of nice days melting off the two feet of snow we've yeah. had. No, I'm gonna on. go wash my car. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I took the car to because uh, Jen was gonna use my car, or one of them was gonna use my car, and I smoke in my car. So really, yeah. If you, oh. nobody knew that, I smoke cig- yeah, yeah. cigars in my car. Every once in a while. And every so, one, wait, hold on. Every yeah, once in a while. Once define, in a while. define once in a while. Well, like, uh, you is, know. Is this like what the Lord says, like a thousand, a thousand. What, what does the Lord say? A thousand days is like one day. One day is like a, a thousand, thousand years. years. Yeah, there Something you like go. that. So mm-hmm. is that like what you're talking about here? Uh, no, no, no. But, you know, every every so often. Are you, you Okay, I, I saw what you did there. Yeah. Every, it is so often. Yes. <laughs> So often, <laughs> often. Um, yeah, Jen was going to use my car. And uh, and so I was like, well, let me, you know, I have, out, to, yeah. I have to clean it out. And I got to spray this stuff in there that really kills the smell and all that. And got it all ready uh, because she was um, going to hang out with her friends last night. And they all went out and had a party. Oh, nice. Like, Where'd they go? They were, some like Mexican restaurant somewhere. And, uh, you know, I St. Got, Charles, Geneva? Batavia. Batavia. So I don't know which one it was. Okay. She didn't know which one it was, but it wasn't the one that we normally go to anyway. Okay. okay. So like she was having a good time and uh, it was a rough day in some ways, you know, dogs and stuff, just mm. things going wrong. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's really nice. You know, she got to go and do that. And then I hear that like, uh, you know, through the grapevine that you were out uh, uh, with people <laughs> last night well, and yeah. I'm home alone by myself. Everybody got to go out but me. It, I, I was left out. It, it, right. well, yeah, I guess it was a guy's night. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Greg Andrew and I, we went over to uh, Foxfire. Yeah. Foxfire. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been there. You know. Yeah, so they could, they, it was all booked up, but we're like, let's just Fox show Foxfire is a really nice place. If you guys don't know, it's a it's a high-end, like, uh, I don't want to call it a steakhouse, but. I would. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's a steakhouse. It's, it's, it's a classic. It's, it's yeah. yeah, but it's really nice. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they're all booked up. Nothing. Oh, you got in anyways, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. they know Jimmy. The owner knows Jimmy. The owner came out and was like, uh, goes to the hostess. Oh, no, no, no. And he's like, as long as you're. Out in two hours. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> We're good with that. Yeah, Casey, thank you so much. And then he comes over because now they're opening up another restaurant in Geneva. I actually think it's going to be. Foxfire's in Geneva. Uh, sorry. in uh, Oh, uh, is it? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Of course it is. They're going to do a second one in Geneva. Oh, nice. So it's going to be, uh, I think it's the wild, wild, not wild roots. Remember that? that yeah, yeah. But uh, wild something. Wild stallions. Wild the, Rose. It was the one right next to Wild Bill. Uh, Barrel and Rye. Wildfire. So that one. So the guy. So he comes over and gives uh, Greg and I uh, a VIP invitation. Oh, nice. To a soft launch. Wait, he gives them to just you and Greg. Yeah, gives it. But hope you guys can make it. It's gonna be great. Andrew was not there by this point. No, no, Andrew was there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andrew. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> so, hope you guys can make it. Be great. Leaves. Oh, it felt so good that we got these invites. Hey, Andrew. And Andrew's sitting there. Hey, Andrew, maybe you and I should hang out. Maybe you know, we should go out and do something cool while uh, those two guys are going to a soft launch. We'll go to a hard launch somewhere. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what we told Andrew. We're like, 
He's like, oh, I guess I'm not invited. I'm like, no, no, you're invited to like when they open. <laughs> and you go pay. Wow. Must be nice to be in the VIP club. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about sanctification. Sanctification. We're on question 38. What is sanctification? Sanctification, the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. That's a good definition. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, sanctification is something that we talk a lot about uh, because it is it's the, it's the it, Christian life, right? It, it is. It, it's our experience now. Yes, this yeah. is. And it, what, what I like about this is that it's it touches on uh, two realities in sanctification that I think some people commonly confuse. One is that it is God's work in us, but it is something that enables us to die to sin and live unto righteousness. Mm. So we are not completely passive in sanctification. Uh, we have a role to play. There are things that are required of us. And so um, I'm looking forward to talking about this again and maybe highlighting a few uh, passages of scripture that are important and um, helping people to, I guess, long for it, look for it, and even um, encourage each other in it because I know like you want to, you want to be more godly. I want to be more. Godly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's our, like, like I said, it's our experience now. It's our struggle now, right? Mm-hmm. It's our daily struggle of, of sanctification of wanting to abandon this sin that uh, we cling to, mm-hmm. but we want to leave that and cling to Christ more and more. Right. And, you know, sanctification is a part of salvation, those that are justified are sanctified and mm. those that are sanctified will be glorified. But uh, the justification is a static reality. Like you are fully justified. It's not changing. Yeah. It's not changing. Totally. You know, your, your placement before God mm. is uh, uh, secure. And despite you, despite our sin, uh, he's not going to all of a sudden remove that from you. That, yes. that status, that place, that position right. is secure. And, Sanctification differs in that it is a promise. I think all believers will be sanctified in their lives to one degree or another, and oftentimes in differing degrees throughout their lives. I, most of us know that. Like, I'm there. Are, there are times, you know, th- th- this week we'll be on the Banter of Truth podcast. We'll be talking about backsliding and t- touching on revival a little bit. Um, and we've all experienced this, this, uh, this decline in religion, as some of the older theological minds used to say, a decline in the spiritual life. So sanctification is promised to God's people, but we experience it to different degrees. And one of the passages that people will point at is, First Corinthians one thirty for Christ is made both righteousness and sanctification. Like he's both of these things to us. Um, what the reason Jesus died for us was not just to uh, cleanse us from our sins, but to um, purify us mm. and and make a make us a people who are zealous for good works. So sanctification is a reality for us, but it isn't an automatic reality in the sense that. We all are just kind of grow like a uh, like like a bunch of trees in the forest, right? It's just going to rain on them, and the sun's going to shine, and they're just all going to grow and get tall. Mm-hmm. Well, there's more I to mean, it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get tall. Yeah. No, but spiritually, but spiritually, you're, I'm an you're oak. a juggernaut. I'm a no. We're talking trees, dummy. What, what, oh, okay, okay. Wait, is juggernaut a tree? 
Uh, oh, oh, I think that's a kind of bonsai, isn't it? Uh, sure. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for saving me on this. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm making that up. <laughs> so, Joe, at the beginning, you were talking there about how uh, it, it's it's we're not passive in this, uh, but that it, it is this this gift, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and so it says, what does it say here? Uh, sanctification is the work of God's free grace. So we look at like Second Thessalonians, mm-hmm. but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved of the Lord, because God chose you. As the first fruits to be saved. So there's that salvation that you're talking about through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. So that gift of God uh, in our salvation then does empower us to be continuing to grow and grow more into his likeness. Right. And sanctification is God's work. We can't change our souls. We can't cause ourselves to we can't transform ourselves right you can transform your body or your mind and you can do things like that you can improve you can grow in many ways but spiritual transformation uh is the work of god only he can do it and we even see in that passage that you read jimmy second Thess- second thessalonians two thirteen, that we are sanctified by the spirit and belief in the truth and mm. so even there we know that it is god who does the work and it is the spirit specifically who's doing the work but he does the work in conjunction with not just the truth which is the word of god but belief in the truth so like in John 17, 17, Jesus prays to the Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. So there we know, okay, it's God that does the work and he uses the spirit. But here it's not just that you can have an audio Bible playing and then the spirit will just somehow make that magically produce fruit in your lives. It has to be believed. It has to be received. It has, you know what I mean? There's a there's faith and repentance involved in this. It's not just by process. osmosis. Right. It's not just by osmosis. It's uh, receiving the truth and accepting it mm-hmm. as this is God's truth for us. So I think we can parse it out by saying it is God that changes us, but we are active in our part in receiving and acting upon the word of God and using all of the means of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you're not reading your Bible, uh, you can be sanctified, but really you, but it, for that to work, you would have to have the word in your mind, in your heart. Like there, there needs to be something there for the spirit to work with. That's the raw material that he uses to actually get to work on our souls. So if you're not in the word on, a, on any given day, then the spirit can still go to work with what you know, mm-hmm. bringing things to mind. But if you are never in the word, the spirit has less to work with. Now, of course, the spirit can do anything, but he tends to work within the ordinary means of grace. Yeah. I mean, how many times have at least I'm, I'm thinking through my experience when uh, there have been dry seasons, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you talked about like the, you're going to experience that sanctification in varying degrees yeah. and um, over your lifetime where uh, the Lord, the spirit has used scripture that I have studied in the past or a, a, a sermon mm-hmm. that I've heard um, or even a, a brother and sister at community group. Yep. And to convict me of my sin. Right. You know, it, it, that's that's the beautiful thing when you read the accounts of even people's conversions. Right. Sometimes uh, they're not even do like God, they, God's been preparing them in a bunch of different ways. And then I think it was a St. Augustine who hears like some little girls uh I think it was Augustine. Yeah, take it up and read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he, he's like, he hears this thing in God's providence. These girls take up and read. He looks down, there's the Bible. He takes it up and reads it and ba-bang. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's pretty amazing how God will use a variety of 
um, circumstances to get the word before us. And then once the word is before us or once we've read it, then he can bring it to mind in a variety of different ways. I remember, I've shared this before, but I got to do it again. I was, um, I was not yet a Christian, but I had been uh, hearing the gospel, mm-hmm. the deep conviction, knew I was going to hell. And I was driving down, uh, I, I was in Geneva, driving through Geneva, and I was listening to a Steve Vai album. And uh, there's a line that comes on uh, in between tracks, or so it was a tape. So in between uh, two songs, uh, David Coverdale from Whitesnake comes on, and he says, without any, he just comes on and says, you are walking a fine line between paganism and Christianity. And at first I thought like I heard like the voice of God or something because mm. I wasn't expecting it was the first time I was listening to the tape. And I was like, I don't think you've ever shared this on the air. <laughs> so Honestly. I rewound it and listened to it again. And I'm like, holy smokes. Cause I was, I was hearing the gospel, but you know, I was thoroughly you know, non-Christian and coming out of the occult. And then this happened and it drove me. I mean, that was God. You did a couple of things providentially, circumstantially to make me pick up that Bible and read. And then boom. You know, everything that I'd been hearing, I've been thinking about, God used to ultimately save me through sanctification. So the moral of the story is Whitesnake is a well, Christian. Steve Vai. It was a Steve Vai. David Coverdale was just on it. White, it wasn't a Whitesnake album. Yeah, but, but you know, God used Whitesnake. Uh, it's a Christian. God, God used the lead singer of Whitesnake. No, I'm going to yep. just take this. That no, you can't. All, no. all of Whitesnake nope. is therefore sanctified and available for use. They were the alternative striper. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess you're right. They were <laughs> not alternative in terms of alternative music, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it says that um, in this sanctification, we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. So there's two things here that I think are are helpful for us. One is that it is a renewal of the whole person. Mm-hmm. This is not just habits and discipline. No. Those I mean, are good things. Even even the, a renewing of your mind. Yes. It's internal. It's, it's character. It's not just behavior modification. Again, those things aren't bad. You got to learn to stop, you know, popping off. You got to learn to hold your tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, there, there are things that we can be disciplined. You got to, hey, don't get drunk. Um, Be self-controlled in your eating. These are all good things that you can do, but sanctification is not just learning new habits and picking up new disciplines or stopping bad habits. It is a change of heart. It is a purification of the soul that actually produces these fruits. So it's not just I'm raging on the inside, but calm on the outside. It's I'm learning to be meek on the inside. So I like that it's this whole person. It's this whole transformation but then it is after the image of God, mm. which speaks to like a restoration or renewal, like it says, of our humanity, which we I think we talked about recently a little bit. Yeah, we did talk about that, like how, you know, sanctification, I mean, it's, it's bringing us back to uh, what we were meant to be from mm-hmm. the from creation. Right. Right. The relationship. Uh, that we have with our God, right? This closeness, this this obedience, this trust, uh, the the uh, the obedience and and in following His commands to uh, uh, to walk with Him, to to subdue, to multiply. You know, yeah. Like it's it's going back to that. I guess that really that ontological self. I I think that um, I th- I think it's something that that we probably need to hit a lot these days, especially for 
uh, well, I guess maybe for all people that have been a Christian for a long time and people that are new to the faith, that it's about becoming more human. Sanctification is about becoming, right? It's not, it's not just about doing. Yeah. It's about becoming who you're supposed to be, who you're made to be. And so I think oftentimes, like, I, well, at least for me, um, you know, you become a believer, especially, well, at least a young believer, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about young in age. Yeah. You see Paul and you read about Paul because they always like hit up, uh, they, they like to stay in the New Testament when it comes to uh, sure. youth groups. Um, and you'd see these pictures and you'd think, okay, that's what it means to be sanctified is to be on fire, out proclaiming, casting out demons. Uh, to be a real Christian is to be a super Christian, right? right? Sanctification means being a super Christian. Yeah, rock star level. Rock star level mm-hmm. where really sanctification is, as you said, becoming just human yeah like it's restoring your humanity your sin is the corruption of your humanity and sanctification is the restoration of that image of god therefore a restoration of your humanity it's it's and i i think we all know this i think that i think we all know even non-christians i think we all know that we are not what we're supposed to be that we are there's something missing there's something corrupted and we want to become more there there is an ideal and we don't always know what it is mm-hmm. and we sometimes take long paths to become what whatever we think we need to become but it's why a lot of people not everybody but it's why a lot of people work out or a lot of people go to school or a lot of people get plastic surgery like because we want to become something that we're not something that we believe we're supposed to be i think behind all of that is a truth that we maybe don't see until god shows it to us but that we are not really what we're supposed to be, which is the child of God walking in fellowship with him, with our humanity restored. And in this restoration of our humanity in our fallen world, in our sinful context, it's all about dying unto sin and living unto righteousness. Hmm. You know, I mean, in other words, the Christian life, the, the work of sanctification is becoming more like God in some ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The image of God. But it's about becoming more human. And what that means for us is that we have to continually die to sin. We have to continually put sin to death in our bodies. And what's discouraging is it's not, we're we're doing it rather imperfectly now. Yeah. And I think that's the discouraging part Mm -hmm. when people talk about sanctification is we have this call to be sanctified, but our experience uh, has been one of failure you know, for, for a number of us. And so it's easy to give up, but knowing now, and I think that that's, what's been really helpful for me has been knowing I'm, I'm going to be doing it rather imperfectly in our present life. One day, one day I'll be truly sanctified. Yeah. The perfect will, will, will come and we will be there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be glorified. Right. Um, but in this state it's, it's going to be rather imperfect and that's not an excuse to just continue, uh, to continue sinning. But it does give me comfort that despite my experience, I, I want to keep striving and working and um, and and not being passive. Um, but that one day we will attain that goal. I think that's why I think that's a shock to a lot of people. What you're talking about, it, which I think in a sense can be said like this. Um, some people believe I can't wait till I become a mature, godly Christian when I don't struggle with sin anymore. And even though they wouldn't maybe say it exactly like that, mm-hmm. you kind of think like, oh, man, those look at those guys, those guys, because maybe somebody doesn't struggle with the particular sins that you struggle with. You think that their struggle is lesser or easier. 
But the truth is, is the more you walk with Jesus, the, the longer you're a Christian, the more you hate sin. And the more you hate sin, the more pained you are over the sin in your own life. There will never be a day in your earthly life when you aren't fighting evil, fighting your own temptations, uh, and sometimes losing to those. So the um, do you think part of it's like because of uh, just because of our preaching? I think for some, like sure. it's just it's full law with no gospel. Yeah, yeah. I think because we need to have the law. I'm not. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this is not me saying less law. I'm saying. We need the law, but we also need the gospel yeah. to give a fuller picture yeah. uh, of what uh, of what we're called to. Yeah, I mean, people preach the law in a couple of different ways. You know, some ways it's it's just to to beat you down yeah. and to make you feel miserable. Um, and then there are others that hold out the law as as if it's something really attainable, like you could you can measure up, you you can do it. Um, and there's a sense in which, yes, a, a believer can keep the law, not perfectly, but a believer can keep the law, right? You, you can uh, love, you can serve, and God delights uh, in those things that we do when we do them by faith. But there, there is a difference between the, the, the law preacher who holds out the law to condemn uh, and, and the one who holds out the law as, a, as the promise. The law is not the promise. The law is what reveals the curse and our need for the mm -hmm, promise. Mm -hmm. So you have to go from the command and what it calls us to do. Uh, you got to go from that to Jesus because you realize I don't perfectly do this thing. And so if they're not preaching the gospel, then in either through like the false promise of, hey, you can you can achieve if you you know you mm. can just do your best and here's how you live the Believe Christian you life. Can achieve and then or those that are just beating people up you yeah know, with the constant like you're, you're why not, aren't you doing this yeah it's like okay both of them are only leave me discouraged we need the gospel to lift us up mm. but I think I think this idea that some people I think a lot of Christians are shocked that oh so the longer I'm a Christian the more I'm gonna hate sin. The more my sin, in other words, your sin will be more painful to you when you're 85 yeah. than when you're 25. Your sin should be more painful to you. Now, as you've been sanctified, hopefully you aren't failing in the same ways and you've grown and all of this. But yeah, because you're, you should be loving the Lord more. You should be hating sin more. You should be even more grieved over it. So I don't think, I think that's a shock to people when they start to figure that out. Like, oh, like I remember. I remember the, the the simplest way to be to share it in my life would be I became a Christian. And of course, I was immoral in every way and all that before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so I became a Christian. I was like, finally, walking with the Lord, not going to struggle with lust again. I'm this perfect. Is so awesome. <laughs> well, I knew it wasn't perfect, but I thought like, well, like I'm satisfied in Jesus, you know, and uh, I don't know how long it was, but it was a it was a good long time, you know, a few weeks. And uh, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm, wait a minute. I still I still have lust in my heart. Mm -hmm, what the heck? Mm -hmm. I thought I was, I'm not doing drugs anymore. Why am I still lusting? Mm -hmm, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, okay. like there's a correlation between the two. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm, well, once I get married, then, you know, I'll be oh. fully satisfied. Won't struggle with lust anymore. And then like, I lasted a good long time, you know, mm -hmm. like a couple like, weeks. A couple weeks. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. But the, the honeymoon, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, there's still lust in my heart. Like, and it, like it pains us and it grieves us and we have to seek to put it to death and live under righteousness. It's just not what we, a lot of us think. I think there are some people when it comes to sanctification who are defeatist. I'm never going to change. Yeah. And then there are other people who are unrealistically optimistic. 
And they think like, oh, well, one day I'm going to arrive and I won't struggle anymore. And that's just not the case. You know, sanctification is this beautiful work of God that is promised to his people. But the promise is experienced as we believe in and receive the word of God. If you want to be sanctified, you need the means of grace, especially the word. And I think what Jimmy and I are experiencing in our lives is the most work that is done by God in us is when we are excited about and receiving the word in the context of the fellowship of the saints. Hmm. That's when there's so much activity going on in their life and our lives and it all kind of comes together that we actually do see the change. And you know what? We see it in each other. I don't all, I don't see it in my life yeah. as much as I yeah. see it in your life. And, and, uh, or we see it because it's easier to see in somebody else's life. So being in the fellowship of the saints is a, is a good way to experience that. But be sure and check out uh, Benjamin Bedham's exposition and read through all of his extra material on question 38. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrVotion.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. We've got some uh, blog posts and video content over at the website. We got that exclusive all access content. Good stuff. Banter of truth dropping mm -hmm. on Tuesday, weekday wisdom throughout the week. Later.